I'm Pastor Brian Paulson, and this is The Message. We're glad you're listening here in Libertyville, in Lake County, or around the world. Center your heart now with the prayer for illumination, listen deeply to the scripture, and allow the message to speak God's word for your life. Please join me in the prayer for illumination. Gracious God, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. Make us hungry for this heavenly food that it may nourish us today in the ways of eternal life through Jesus Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. Our first scripture reading today comes from the book of Luke, chapter 19, verses 29 through 44. Hear God's word. As Jesus came to Bethphage in Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he gave two of his disciples a task. He said, go into the village over there. When you enter it, you will find tied up there a colt that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If someone asks, why are you untying it? Just say, its master needs it. Those who had been sent found it exactly as he had said. As they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, its master needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their clothes on the colt, and lifted Jesus onto it. As Jesus rode along, they spread their clothes on the road. As Jesus approached the road, leading down from the Mount of Olives, the whole throng of his, of his disciples began rejoicing. They praised God with a loud voice because of all the mighty things they had seen. They said, blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heavens. Some of the Pharisees from the crowd though said to Jesus, teacher, scold your disciples, tell them to stop. He answered, I tell you, if they were silent, the stones would shout. As Jesus came to the city and observed it, he wept over it. He said, if only you knew on this of all days that lead to peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. The time will come when your enemies will build fortifications around you, encircle you, and attack you from all sides. They will crush you completely, you and the people within you. They won't leave one stone on top of another within you because you didn't recognize the time of your gracious visit from God. Here ends our first reading. May it enrich and enlighten us. Our second scripture today comes from the book of Romans, chapter 12, first two verses and verses nine through 21. Listen for how God's word may speak to you today. So brothers and sisters, because of God's mercies, I encourage you to present your bodies as living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God. This is your appropriate priestly service. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you can figure out what God's will is, what is good and pleasing and mature. Love should be shown without pretending. Hate evil 
and hold on to what is good. Love each other like the members of your family. Be the best at showing honor to each other. Don't hesitate to be enthusiastic. Be on fire with the Spirit as you serve the Lord. Be happy in your hope. Stand your ground when you're in trouble and devote yourselves to prayer. Contribute to the needs of God's people and welcome strangers into your home. Bless people who harass you. Bless and don't curse them. Be happy with those who are happy and cry with those who are crying. Consider everyone as equal and don't think that you're better than anyone else. Instead, associate with people who have no status. Don't think that you're so smart. Don't pay back anyone for their evil actions with evil actions, but show respect for what everyone else believes is good. If possible, to the best of your ability, live at peace with all people. Don't try to get revenge for yourselves, my dear friends but leave room for God's wrath. It is written, revenge belongs to me, I will pay it back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. By doing this, you will pile burning coals of fire upon his head. Don't be defeated by evil, but evil with good, but defeat evil with good. Friends, here ends today's reading of the Holy Scripture. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, friends, the word of the day is Hosanna. So if I say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, you say, Hosanna. What's that? Hosanna. There you go. I love a parade, don't you? We've just had a, and you did mighty well today, choir, on our parade coming in, and elders as well. Hope you feel a part of it. You know, for three years in high school, I was drum major of the band, so I love a parade. And where I grew up in Southern California, there was no snow so that we could have Christmas parades. And our favorite was the Camarillo Parade, we would get dressed up in our uniforms and we would march and be judged in the traditional categories and then it would be time for the holiday portion and we would scramble to put on special costumes. One year, our band dressed as Christmas trees with cloth covering progressively wider hoops all the way down to our ankles. And my mother, uh, she pinned a long garland that went swooping around my Christmas tree, so I was all set. We had band managers, and they were in the season. Now, we didn't have ice, but they had roller skates on, and they had their scarves, and they came up to me before the parade and handed me a large styrofoam candy cane that I used to mark time for the band. And everything seemed to be going well until it came time for us to make a turn as the band. And I took my candy cane and it grabbed the garland. And as I was marching, little by little, the garland started winding around my ankles. So the band managers tried to help and they went around me in a circle in ever widening splits as the band was approaching the turn. I tell you, we still laugh about that today. We made it through, I don't know how. 
Well, sometimes in a parade, not everything goes as we plan. Welcome to Palm Sunday, the day that begins with the waving of palms, and then those palms fall to the ground. And lying on the ground, we find ourselves following a Savior who is given a crown that is plated with thorns. Palm Sunday. Now, at the beginning, it seemed as if everything was going just as planned. In this reading, we discover Jesus giving very specific instructions and the disciples following those instructions to the T. This year, as I read this familiar text, for whatever reason, I caught something that I'd missed all these other years. And as I was reading along, I was astonished to realize that Jesus has chosen a cult. Now, if you've got any biblical training, you might know that this is reference to the prophet Zechariah who said, your king comes to you humble, riding on a colt, the foal of a donkey. But what really caught my attention was seeing that this is a colt that has never been ridden. I wonder how many people here are equestrian lovers? Do we have any of you in the crowd? Okay, now my sister-in-law has been riding horses for most of her life, and she would no doubt caught on to something for whatever reason I missed until this year. Think about it. On this big day, when Jesus is entering the temple, a day that people have long expected, in an era where people hoped to discover a king that would rule with justice, a king that would dispatch the foreign empire and their corrupt local leaders whom they employed. On this big day, one assumes that Jesus would ride in majesty as our closing hymn suggests. But Jesus chooses an animal that has never been ridden in order to go into the midst of a large cheering crowd. To my way of thinking, choosing that animal almost guarantees for him a wild and bucking ride. But the disciples calmly put their cloaks on the colt and Jesus rides serenely into the gathering throng. I wonder if perhaps Luke is showing us that this Messiah is able to calm even the most wild of passions. Still, the first hint that things are starting to go a little off the rails happens as people start throwing their cloaks on the path. There is a reading in Scripture from 2 Kings in which a prophet has anointed Ahab to be king, and his entourage is caught off guard, so immediately they start throwing cloaks onto the ground in front of the steps where the Ahab is walking. It's reminiscent of this in this Palm Sunday scene where the crowd gathers with more and more enthusiasm 
and cloaks are thrown onto the road with impromptu hope that this Galilean, this regional rabbi, might somehow become a king to cast out the corrupt. Then suddenly the scene is becoming too much for the Pharisees who are watching. This rural rabbi is becoming a threat to the established order of Jerusalem. The crowd shouted, Blessings to the king who comes in the name of the Lord. They shouted, Peace! But to the establishment of Jerusalem, this was a disturbance of the peace. Scold your disciples, said the Pharisees. Tell them to stop, they cried out to Jesus. So now we wonder, how is Jesus going to respond and speak to the establishment? He points to the massive stones that Herod commissioned to build the gigantic Temple Mount and says, even these stones would shout if these around me were silent. He points to the stones quarried by human hands, lifted by common laborers, set with the sweat of thousands. Jesus gave credit for those stones to the hands that fashioned them, not to the elite who stood upon them looking down on others. What started out structured and majestic was quickly changing into a scene of spontaneity upsetting the established order. But remember, do you remember, we're reading from Luke's Gospel at the very beginning of Luke's Gospel, where Herod is searching for the Prince of Peace. And the Prince cannot be found in palaces. His peace is proclaimed in the fields. His birth is in a stable. The angels saying, peace on earth at Jesus' birth. And good, the goodwill that Jesus demonstrated was in daily life amongst the least of society. In today's parade, the crowds are chanting, peace in heaven. But the peace that Jesus offered was rejected by the keepers of God's temple. Jesus' peace, it comes at the cost of the cross. And that's something worth reflecting on as we begin Holy Week together. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, then you must take up your cross and follow me daily. I wonder what that might look like for you and for me today. 
In our epistle reading, Paul writes, if possible, if possible, to the best of your ability, live at peace with all people. To the best of your ability. Now, by the grace of God, there may be peace in heaven, but today, to the best of your ability, we have an opportunity to demonstrate peace on earth. Now think about how the disciples of Jesus tried in this Holy Week. Peter tried. This week he told Jesus to wash all of him, not merely his feet. Thomas tried. He said, we want to go where you're going, but how can we know where you are going, Jesus? Judas tried. After all, season after season, he kept the common purse and took care of the poor. We see this even in the Gospel of John, where when Jesus says, go and do what you must quickly, all the disciples think he's going out to serve the poor. In the Garden of Gethsemane, one of the disciples tried to protect Jesus, took out a sword, and cut off a person's ear. There in that garden, all of the disciples tried to stay awake, but ultimately they all fell asleep. Each of the disciples tried. But Peter denied Jesus Thomas didn't believe the resurrection. And Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss. And the remaining disciples, they all went huddling in an upper room after Jesus' death, filled with fear about what lay ahead. Sitting from our position reading the Scripture, I suppose, while we might be tempted to say, well, they tried, but they failed. But those who returned to Jesus kept working to the best of their ability to demonstrate peace on earth. Each took up their cross daily, and so can you. Here is how we can do it, according to the Apostle Paul in our reading today. Love without pretending. Hate evil and hold on to what is good. Love each person just like they're a member of your family. Be best at showing honor. Be on fire with enthusiasm. Be happy in hope. Stand your ground in times of trouble. Devote yourselves to prayer. Contribute to the needs of God's people. Welcome strangers into your home. Bless those who harass you. 
Be happy with those who are happy. Cry with those who are crying. Don't think yourself better than anyone else. Associate with the lowly. Be humble. Don't pay back evil with evil. Honor the common good. Well then, who can do all of that? None of us can do all of that every day. But with Jesus as our guide, to the best of our ability, let us work to live peaceably with all. Just like the disciples, all of us may fail on one day or another, but let us accomplish what we can. And then, as Marianne McKibben Dana shares in her commentary on this epistle reading in our Follow Me curriculum for the congregation, she says, then pray that AA serenity prayer, first pinned by Pastor Reinhold Niebuhr. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Oh, if only you knew, on this of all days, the things that lead to peace, said Jesus. On that day, he rode into Jerusalem. Scripture says, as Jesus came to the city, he observed it and wept over it. Friends, God's peace can be found every day. And yet, every day, human beings turn from that peace. Peace is more than the established order. Peace is the goodness of God that Jesus gave us to share. Jesus is the Prince of Peace for heaven and earth. And on this bittersweet week, this holy week, we remember his crown is made of thorns. Thank you for listening on our podcast or through our YouTube playlist of sermons. Be sure to forward this message to someone who you believe is seeking God's word today.